How many times have you been reading or listening to the Bible and stumbled upon a passage that left you feeling stumped? In this bonus episode, we're discussing just a few of the mysteries of God. Here on the podcast, we release a new episode every month with surprise bonus lessons sprinkled throughout. We've devised a six-part study model that we call our simple method to thoroughly unpack single verses of scripture. Find someone to learn with. Surely we can all agree that we grow best when we grow together. We're always more than humbled when you take the time to share the podcast, to leave a review where you listen, to subscribe, and interact with us on social media. Thanks for supporting our mission. We are the Wests, and you're listening to the Verve of the Verse podcast. We are doing something we haven't yet done before. We are applying our simple method to the same verse twice in one month. This verse that we've been studying for the month of October is loaded with so much thought-provoking promise that we decided to analyze it twice. And because I switched things around because I couldn't figure out where I wanted them. So I originally added this month's verse to our study list because my initial reaction when reading it was one of confusion. And the first word that immediately came to mind was mysteries. Let's look at this month's verse again. It comes from John chapter 3 verse 8 and says this, The wind blows where it pleases. You hear its sound, but you cannot tell where it comes from or where it is going. So it is with everyone born of the Spirit. And my first reaction when I first read that verse, looking for things to read, was, what? And that's where the word mysteries came from. I thought of all the questions that I have when reading the Bible, things that I'll never fully understand on this side of eternity. Now, mind you, I am an educator by trade, and I also believe that teaching is one of the spiritual gift of mine. So having to fully accept that I will never understand everything perfectly really stretches my trust and finds me in an uncomfortable position. Well, our focus in this episode is an overall discussion of mystery as it relates to God and the Bible. And I want to remind or tell you, if you don't know, not to lose heart when trying to decipher the mysteries of the Bible, because Christ himself said in Matthew chapter 13, verse 11, to you it has been given to know the secrets of the kingdom of heaven. (laughs) So what you want me to know? What was my question to you earlier? When I just don't get it, how many times do I read the Bible or something about God or Jesus and I just don't get it? And your response to me was... Don't worry about it. You said, don't lose heart. Yeah. Do not lose heart. Okay, I'll try. We said in our episode earlier this month how interesting it was, this interaction between Nicodemus and Jesus the context of the verse that we're studying. And so just continuing to look for things, I found an interesting conversation between a Baptist and a Roman Catholic scholar, both of whom teach at Yale's Divinity School. The conversation was the second of an eight-part series discussing the Gospel of John, and I'll include the link in the show notes to this video because it's got some really interesting points to it. So here are two takeaways that I had from that conversation. The men touch on what they call the obvious struggle that's going on between the synagogue and what was to become the church body of the Christ movement. In their conversation about John's gospel, they discuss that John would have included these stories of Nicodemus in his gospel as an example to Jewish synagogue members 
encouraging them to be able to move out and take on the risks of becoming part of this messianic Christian movement of confessing Jesus. They said this is what happens when Nicodemus, who's the leader of the congregation, begins to suspect that there's something to the Jesus story. And I think we touched on that a little bit in our first episode this month, just talking about being raised a certain way and Mm-hmm. This is the life and the faith you've been raised into. And all of a sudden this dude shows up right. saying he's the son of God and does all these things. And you're like, what? You think you think he ever said that? What? I'm sure. Um, the two men in this video, they also briefly address this question that is very applicable to what we're talking about in this episode. How does revelation take place? They discuss something that was important to the Greek tradition of enlightenment, and they discuss how revelation or understanding takes place. On the topic, this is what they say. You see things. You have a mystery experience, an epoptic, they called it, a visionary experience of the truth. And I thought this was a beautiful description of mystery, as we're discussing in this episode, a visionary experience. I I love that description. How many times have you... Um, had that awakening moment. And that's pretty much what it was. That's, that's a good description. It's almost like a click that you can physically feel or, right. or a click that you can hear a visionary experience of the truth. I think that almost sums up our entire walk with the Holy Spirit as Christ followers as a visionary experience of the truth. Well, I continue to be fascinated by this interaction between these two men being Jesus and Nicodemus. There's so much interesting material out there on who Nicodemus is to believe to have been. I found a journal article written by Sidney R. Sandstrom of Brigham Young University that argues whether Nicodemus was a coward or a convert. I've linked it in the show notes because it's full of great information, about, but about Nicodemus it says this. Nicodemus, as a Pharisee, would have been among those who were watching for the promised Messiah. A few lines down, it says, With Jesus' public challenge to the Jewish aristocracy in cleansing the temple, was so little known about the man and his intentions, with other Messiah figures having come and gone, caution could be seen as a wise approach, especially for a person of position. It would seem to be wise for one to come and see for oneself. Which... I think a lot of the Pharisees, you could you could almost classify what they did as a come and see experience, but instead of believing, they they, they chose to reject it. Yeah, they came with their preconceived notions and they just held on to it. Right. Whereas Nicodemus, as we've talked about, and the ways and the manners of which he approached Jesus was a was a genuine curiosity and desire, seeking to understand. Yeah, a belief, if you will. Before we go any further in this episode, we are going to pray. Have we ever prayed twice in one month on the podcast? No. No, we haven't. What does that say about us? Uh Uh-oh. Is that a good or a bad thing? (laughs) So I'm going to pray and invite the Spirit along. Father God, dear Lord, we love you, love you, love you. And before we go any further, I want to thank you as as a co-host on this thing and just hopefully the people who are listening to my voice right now, God, we just, we thank you for your attention to us, your attention in creating us back to the very beginning and your attention in just constantly pursuing your people. 
and where we are at this time and in this place, Lord, with your word in our hands and your spirit in our hearts and on this side of of the cross and, and you're giving your son so that we could know you intimately, God. It's just, it is such a mystery. It's something that is so much greater than our human minds can comprehend, but we just thank you with whatever belief we can muster and whatever understanding we can find, Lord, we just thank you. And I just ask that you would bless every ear upon whom these words fall, that you would reveal yourself to us, that you would continue to just press into us and just guide us. God, give us your wisdom and continue to fill us with your spirit every moment of every day. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. All right, so close your eyes. Don't look at the screen in front of you and tell me, what does it say in John chapter 3, verse 8? The wind blows, you hear its sound, <laughs> but you cannot see where it comes from. <laughs> so it is with everyone who is born of the Spirit. The wind blows where it pleases, you hear its sound, but you do not know where it comes from or where it is going. So it is with everyone born of the Spirit. You looked halfway I through. Peeped. I'm sorry. <laughs> Well, I have an interesting memorization tip that occurred to me. I heard at one point Rick Warren say that when you are working on memorizing scripture, I'm going to call it the bookend method. He can totally find me and give me credit for calling it that because I couldn't find that he called it that. But what he said was when you're trying to memorize a verse, you say reference, verse, reference out loud. Try it next time you want to memorize a verse without peeking. Bookend. <laughs> Say it out loud. Reference, verse, reference. I'll practice. John chapter 3, verse 8. The wind blows where it pleases. You hear its sound, but you cannot tell where it comes from or where it is going. So it is with everyone born of the Spirit. John chapter 3, verse 8. Try it. Next time next time <laughs> moving on so the theme we're investigating in this episode is mysteries or secrets i really like this parallel verse that i found in romans chapter 16 verses 25 through 27 the holman christian standard bible translation says this now to him who has power to strengthen you according to my gospel and the proclamation about Jesus Christ, according to the revelation of the mystery kept silent for long ages, but now revealed and made known through the prophetic scriptures, according... What in the heck is that noise? That was my stomach. It's like I, it <laughs> kept going forever and ever and ever. Sorry, bro. According to the command of the eternal God to advance the obedience of faith among all nations, to the only wise God through Jesus Christ, to him be the glory forever. Amen. And this is actually the very end of Romans. The amen is the end. This passage, I feel like it seems to cover all the bases that we've discussed here. Mystery, revelation, and the Holy Spirit. It's such a beautiful illustration of God's faithfulness, too, talking about the gospel, the proclamation of Jesus Christ, and according to the revelation of mystery kept silent for long ages. And it just gets me excited when I think of all the things that are to come, even though the world around us is going a little nuts, to say the least, he remains in control. 
To say the least. To say the least. The mystery kept silent for long ages. Can you imagine being those individuals within that gap of, what was it, when the Old Testament prophets stopped prophesying until the New Testament begins? Wasn't it like 400 and something years? I think it was like. 490 or 700 and something yeah i, I think that was the the judgment 490 or 77s 77s sure 49 490 years sounds good <laughs> i'm gonna go i'm gonna go look and check you up on that well i referenced my parallel verse at the beginning of the episode it's matthew chapter 13 verse 11 and this passage is one of my favorites out of the entire bible the disciples have just come to jesus to ask why he speaks in parables And Jesus replies to them, starting in verse 11, he says this, The knowledge of the kingdom of heaven has been given to you, but not to them. Whoever has will be given more, and he will have an abundance. Whoever does not have, even what he has will be taken from him. This is why I speak to them in parables. Though seeing, they do not see. Though hearing, they do not uh, hear or understand. The last part of what Jesus said was a direct quote from Isaiah 6. And I just love that if, if you have a little, he's going to give you more. Mm-hmm. So Truth. I always feel like I have a little. A but, little. Right. But could use more. Always use more. <laughs> I remember hearing, you know, I always try not to say his name in a podcast episode because we sound a little nuts. But Pastor Jimmy says. <laughs> um, we like Pastor Jimmy We Evans. love Pastor Jimmy. He's going to be, he's going to come on the podcast in 2022. I'm just going to confess that out there right now. But what, one of the things that he says, he's talking about the Holy Spirit. I I mean, one of the many things we've listened to him say is that he asks daily for a refilling. A renewing, right. A renewing of the Holy Spirit. And I don't feel like I do that enough. What about you? I do it every time I think about it, just because he's like told when me you're to. sitting across the table from your wife and she reminds you to say it, or <laughs> no, like on a regular basis. On a regular maybe, basis, maybe once a week or so. Yeah. Oh, you win. No, I don't. I don't do that. I, I mean, I can tell towards the end of the week. <laughs> I, thought you, I thought you were gonna say to me, I, I oh. can tell. I can tell you don't ask very often. <laughs> Thanks. That's not what I was saying. Okay, good. But you can tell towards the end of the week. That, yeah, that that I'm, you... I'm running a little dry here. I better, I better re-up. Re-up. That's funny. On the topic of language, I want to briefly discuss the importance of word studies in Scripture. In preparation for this episode, I was reading through the book of 1 Corinthians when I came across the first verse in chapter 2. And it says this, When I came to you, brothers and sisters, announcing the mystery of God to you, I did not come with brilliance of speech or wisdom. And I got really excited because at first glance, it went along perfectly with what we're talking about in this episode. But at second glance, the word used for mystery in this verse is actually the Greek word, here we go, in my American pronunciation, martyrian. (laughs) I want to say in Greek, it's, it's like, like it's like martyr, martyrian. It does have martyr in there, which is most often translated. This word martyrian is most often translated as testimony or witness, which is not a mystery. Nope. My only reason for mentioning this is to address how easy it is to misquote verses and contexts from a single glance 
and I know that I have certainly been guilty of it, say, when I come across a beautiful graphic on social media, and I just want to share it because it's good, but perhaps it's... You're not alone. I've, I've done this more than once. And then you go back, and you're like, oh, man, I really said that. I really said that. I really shared that, and that is not, in fact, what that meant. If you have access to Right Now Media, we have a Right Now Media membership through our church, there's an entire series on words or verses used out of context by Sean McDowell. I think he goes through 10 different... That sounds like something Sean McDowell, McDowell would, would do. Yeah, yeah, 10 different verses of the Bible, and he, you know, they're, I think it's like the 10 most misquoted verses in the Bible or something. And it was really interesting. I watched it. Well, on to 1 Corinthians 2, verse 7, that Ashton chose for her parallel in our previous episode. It says, on the contrary, we speak God's hidden wisdom in a mystery, a wisdom God predestined before the ages for our glory. The word used here for mystery is mysterion, and it's used 27 times in the morphological Greek translation of the New Testament. It's often translated in English as secret and means a hidden or secret thing, not obvious to the understanding. I love a good treasure hunt. Not me. <laughs> I don't want to go looking for things. That's, oh, it's the most the fun. The story of my life is looking for things. Oh, you're looking for like your child's second flip-flop, though. You're not... Oh, <laughs> Lord, don't get me started. Our child is eight and a half years old, and I have spent at least half that long looking for her shoes. Her right shoe. Oh, no. No, her shoes. shoes. Oh, are they typically in the same location? No, but they're neither, neither of the shoes are ever in a common, lo- I mean, an obvious location. Being a parent is hard. Well, let's ask some questions, some thought-provoking application questions, and put you on the spot first. Are, are there mysteries, concepts, or ideas of God that you've struggled with in your walk with him? Yes. <laughs> Is that all? Be specific. No, I mean, the more we do these studies, um, the more I find myself re-questioning the things that I already thought were solid, like with this whole Holy Spirit thing. When we first started talking about it, I, I said that my confidence was pretty high on the fact that I understood. Pretty sure you rated yourself like a... Was it a five? I don't know. We're I, not going to go back. I, I mean, I but, feel like you were But you the were more we study it. this, the more I, more I start to question, again, the mechanics of it. How does this work? How does this work? How is it supposed like, to does, function? The whole, like the Holy Spirit, how's the Holy Spirit What work? are the gears and the parts, and how are they associated together? I don't think the Holy Spirit has gears and parts, Mr. Mr. Mechanic Man. Well, that's the way my brain works. Brain. Yeah. See, and that goes back to my point about me being an educator. I'm a teacher, and my job as a teacher is to take information, get comfortable enough with the information that I can then teach the information. <laughs> and when it comes to the majority of the things that we talk about here and the majority of the things I read and study, it's not necessarily a question of whether or not I believe it, it's more of a question of whether or not it applies to me that makes any sense like i have a tendency to write myself out of god's story in a way that i don't think he necessarily does but sure more on that coming soon so are there mysteries concepts or ideas of god that you've struggled with 
in your walk with him? I know there are. We've talked about this. Mm-hmm. So many. It's a long list. Like the Holy Spirit, for example. But you know what's really cool is when you have a podcast and you start asking people questions. People do things like give you books that they wrote on the Holy Spirit. So I have been lucky enough to have been given a book called Who is the Holy Spirit? Written by Malcolm Yarnell, who is a teaching pastor at our church. He also teaches at Southwestern Baptist Theological Seminary. And his wife is in my small group. So I was given that book and I've already started digging into it. And I'm very eager to learn something new about who the Holy Spirit is. Because, (laughs) oh, there's so much that I don't understand. And that's only one thing. Well, going back to Matthew chapter 13, verse 11, and the secrets that have not been given to them. How would you describe Jesus Christ to someone who has never heard of him? Okay, so I have to give you some background before I answer this question. I attended a virtual event of an event that's been going on for several year, for several years, but virtually it was held last year. It's called If Gathering. And one of the big themes or things that they talked about at If Gathering last year was all about the underground church, specifically in the Middle East. Okay. In the Eastern world. And they would tell these stories about these people who would experience Jesus or, you know, the Holy Spirit, they would have these experiences and living in such a volatile environment, it, it, they were just, they were completely and totally sold out and it didn't matter the potential consequences of their beliefs. They were just sold. And I remember asking myself, what does it take to experience Christ in such a way that you are just totally sold out. And how many people do you know that you interact with on a daily basis that are, they're just unquestionably sold? And it doesn't matter who they say and what they say to anybody who's asking if it came down to it. On a daily basis, I, I mean. Well, you know, the industry, the power sports industry where you work predominantly non-christian it's yeah it's it's not a very believing industry whereas me i work in an elementary school in central texas and a very conservative town where we live you know you work in the metroplex it's a little it's just the contrast is there the contrast is very much there so but thinking about people that you know if you had a gun to your head asking you to profess christ or deny him what would you say? What would you do? And how I'm, ma- I'm ready to go to heaven, how many, bro. How many people? These are just things when you know you say, how would you describe Christ to someone who, who's never heard of him before? I always go back to those people that I was telling you about in the underground church and how, how can I explain him in a way that makes him real enough that you want to die for him? That's a pressure that I don't know that I'm very comfortable carrying. Well, that was that's a huge mark you just set there. Well, the that's always I always go back to. <laughs> Jeez Louise. I'm sorry. That's the kind of faith I want to share. When I'm just like if I were to describe Jesus to someone who's never heard of him, that's the mark I want to go to. I want to I want to describe him describe him in a way that's real and that is valid to who he is and what he's done. So I guess you just go back to the, you know, now I've given you a five minute explanation. 
John 3.16, I guess. God so loved the world that he gave his son that whoever believed in him. Well, let's talk about this son who that he gave. What about you? How do you describe Jesus Christ to someone who's never heard of him? Mm, just the savior of the world, you know. That's tell him what he did and who he is and why he died for you and why he had to die for you and the laws that are written on your heart. And These are the things that I would say. These are the things that you would say. My small group did a verse-by-verse study of the book of Acts, and there was an exposition that Paul gave. I believe he had been arrested, and because I don't have it directly in front of me, I can't tell you where exactly it was, but he told this story, and it was it was, it was, was Christ from the beginning to the end. And now that I'm talking about it, i got to pull it up. So on my bucket list of things to do and remember is to memorize... I don't know how to pronounce it. Areopagus. Areopagus address. This is Paul. He's speaking. It's in Acts chapter 17. It's verses 24 through 31. Do you want me to read it? Or just is this your challenge? Hey, go read it. I Why don't just, you just summarize it for summarize, me? I can just summarize it for you. I don't know. Yeah, it's to be told. I'll tell you how it sounds, how it starts. The God who made the world and everything in it, he is the Lord of heaven and earth, does not live in shrines made by hands. That kind of goes back to the beginning. And it ends with talking about, therefore having overlooked the times of ignorance, God now commands all people everywhere to repent. Oh, there you go. Isn't that the whole point? Absolutely. Repent. Repent. Go find the Areopagus address. And memorize it because that's how you should describe Jesus Christ and faith in God to someone who's never heard of him. Alrighty then. Boom. You're welcome. You're welcome. Sometimes obedience looks like being honest about the things that we don't clearly understand as we seek wisdom from the Spirit who loves us. Perhaps you've experienced your own struggles in understanding mysteries of God. We're eager to connect with you as we all walk this walk together. Find us on Facebook, Instagram, or Substack, and let's chat. Join us in November. Can you believe the holidays are literally just around the corner? We'll be combing through the scriptures and ancient texts to discover who exactly were Mary and Joseph, leading up to our Advent studies in December. Wait, what's Advent again?